When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the mayor of PHNX, though that continues to be highly disputed. Uh, of course, this show is sponsored by the good folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code PHNX. And for betting simply $1 on any football game, college football, NFL, doesn't matter, you will get $200 in free bets coming back to you instantly. That's code PHNX. And again, you can be like the guys in my group chat and everybody's talking about how much money they won this past weekend. So uh, be like that. Uh, joining me, of course, is my friend and my co-host. It's Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Jesse, what's happening? Derek, I'm doing well. Uh, the Diamondbacks, not so much. But then again, what else is new, brother? What else is new? It's tank season. We're happy about it. It's a good, positive spin. It's my mental focus on making all these losses seem like good things. And it's, uh, I think it's a, an approach that people should take. I don't know. Uh, you're right, though. Last night, the D-backs had a, a heartbreaking loss because of what happened during the game. There were some good things. There were some bad things, and there were some really, really ugly things. Uh, it was Tuesday's loss. Uh, the Diamondbacks have now lost two out of three. They have one more game on Wednesday going up against the Dodgers. What are your takeaways from that that particular loss and kind of the devastation that we experienced yet again for this team that has experienced so much devastation this season? On one hand, it wasn't as traumatic as a recent tie time in recent history when the Los Angeles Dodgers clinched a playoff spot playing against the diamondbacks. Uh, I am still sort of scarred from when that happened at chase field. And <laughs> we all know what happened. I'm not even going to say it. Uh, last night was not that bad, uh, but nonetheless, not a great game all the way around. Derek Luke Weaver was uh, just sort of okay. Really not very good. Uh, only lasted four innings when it was all said and done. Uh, could tell Marte had a had a good game. I know you sort of like called this on Twitter. You were like, hey, this could tell Marte at bat as you know, the Diamondbacks one shot at getting back into this game. And sure enough, he hit a two run homer right then and there made it a six four game. Seemed like uh, seemed like in we're talking about Tuesday's game here. Uh, it seemed like it was, you know, the D-backs had a shot to come back. And unfortunately, uh, the bullpen did what the Diamondbacks bullpen has done many, many times uh, <laughs> this year. And that's when, you know, you inch a little bit closer and and you sort of hand that ground right back to the opponent. And unfortunately, that's what happened. And the Diamondbacks come away with an eight to four loss to the Dodgers. All right. Well, let's talk about that uh, again on on that particular Tuesday game. The good, the bad and the ugly. Cattell Marte back at second. That's a good thing, right? Making his first start of the season at second, which was surprising to me. I yeah. know that they were dedicated 
to him being in center field, but it was surprising to me that this was his first start of the year at second base. He went three for four with a home run and really was the shining light of hope for this team at times when everybody else seemed to be so unproductive. Yeah, Cattell Marte, actually, an article came out uh, earlier today from Megan Garcia over at MLB.com. And uh, Cattell Marte essentially makes it sound like this is a day that he's wanted to come for quite a while. Uh, He said um, uh, he was asked if he felt good. He said, I feel good. I continued taking reps at second base, even though I wasn't starting there at all this season. I continued training and putting the work in yesterday and the day before. I kept telling Tori that I wanted to play second now I finally got the start. Those are Cattell Marte's words. This is something that he's wanted for a while, Derek. And frankly, I think from the very first moment the Diamondbacks put Cattell Marte out in center field, I don't know if he's really ever wanted to be there, even though he's looked pretty good out there at times. Second base is really where he wants to play. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if there's necessary, necessarily a correlation here, but he had an awfully good day at the plate uh, in his first start back playing second base. I don't question Tori Lavolo as much as some people do. I do acknowledge that he he does have some things uh, that are weird to his managing style. And the one thing I have questioned, the one thing I have not been a fan of, has been his particular need to change positions guys play. Positions guys have played almost their entire life. Uh, and And it almost seems like it is against their will. I'm not saying that we are part of those conversations, right? We're not present when the, when the players and, and Lavello are having these conversations about when they want them to switch or play other positions. I just see the answers from the players when they get asked about the changes. And typically it's something to the extent of, well, I'll, I'll do whatever the team needs me to do. It doesn't ever really sound like they're super amped to make these changes. So right. it, at times it's it's that it's that tinkering. You know, Lavello is like the sorting hat at Hogwarts where guys come in and they're like <laughs> shortstop and they put him on and he's like outfielder, you know, and it's like that's that's what's so weird at times, you know, and, and it's it was a you know, Paven Smith, first baseman, outfielder, you know, like everybody, everybody in the outfield. That's where I'm moving at. Everybody to Slytherin, you know, and so I don't agree with that at times, considering that like Cattell Marte had his all-star season at second base. Right. And I don't see a team's need to fill a a, a gap like that that I don't see the answer being making a guy change his his position. I know that a lot of these guys have played several different positions. David Peralta was a pitcher, and then after what he went through, he somehow made it to the major leagues as, as an outfielder, right? So I understand that sometimes those changes are made because these guys are athletes and can play different positions. The goal is to find, though, where they play at best. And we have not seen Marte necessarily excel at center field, but we've seen him do great things at second base. Well, speaking of positional changes, Seth Beer didn't last real long at first base. Oh, <laughs> uh, Seth Beer lasted. What was last, or that's the that's the that's the real ugly from Tuesday's game. I think he lasted maybe about five minutes. It was the first inning. Only a few batters had come up. He dives after a baseball dislocates his shoulder. I think Derek, from what I've heard from you, it sounds like as of right now, he's day to day. The diamondbacks are not putting him on the injured list. So the initial news there is good, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, 
you know, I, I warned you all a few days ago about Seth Beer uh, defensively that there's a reason the team waited until they oh, could sh- put him oh, in the you eight. Shut up! You shut up, Jesse! How dare you? <laughs> You're not wrong, though. I mean, how can you argue with that considering it was the first play that he made defensively, right? He DH'd in Seattle. This was his first start playing a position for this team. He started at first base. I was excited to see it. That excitement did not last very long. It soon turned into heartbreak hearing that he dislocated his shoulder. Per the team, he had x-rays taken to make sure the shoulder dislocation didn't cause any kind of uh, bone chip or fracture. The x-rays came back negative, so his status right now is day-to-day. He has not been put on the IL yet, but in talking to him after the game, uh, apparently his shoulders slid back into place pretty easily, smoothly, in his words, (laughs) and uh, the training staff was going to see how he feels this morning, so I think the team is just going to take it from there. Uh, It is it's 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 an injury that isn't necessarily as bad as like a separation or something but right. the problem is as we have seen at times in the past with athletes is a dislocated shoulder can go on to cause other injuries uh if if you know if if aggravated or if they continue to play on it so the again the goal here is to not have any kind of permanent you know any kind of injury that that becomes worse here on this kind of season Beer was exciting to watch, and it's great to have him up, but there's no need, again, to rush him back with 17, 16 games left in the season. I also don't want to overreact. I mean, I, I have my doubts about Seth Beer defensively, and you know, we've heard from the team in the past that they're you know, a little yeah, unsure about his, his future defensively. But nonetheless, I don't want to say that Seth Beer is you know completely hopeless playing first base obviously no, these no, right. happen right sure. it, i know it was the first inning sure. but you know we'll see him out there again soon enough and you know hopefully he's able to get healthy and we're able to see him back at first base here pretty soon it just definitely doesn't help the case that you know his, right. his track record shows that he he isn't really great defensively right i think this might have been a case where he was just trying to do too much and make a spectacular play right out of the gate uh, and you know, I mean, this is the kind of injury that, uh, it can happen to anybody making that kind of cross body attempt at a, at a ground ball like that, but definitely, you know, uh, good news post game about, you know, uh, the way everything smoothly slid back into place, which just sounds disgusting, but, uh, <laughs> that must've been a pleasant experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, but the, I guess the bad that we skipped over there was on Tuesday, the D backs lost to the Dodgers allowed the Dodgers to clinch a playoff spot. And I mean, it's a meaningless game once again for the D backs it's tank season, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a loss that I was really particularly happy about watching that the little, spurt that you talked about um, with Cattell Marte hitting that home run really, really gave me hope that, that we were going to see something, you know, uh, just fun happen with this team, you know, just, just an exciting moment. The Dodgers are in a neck and neck, you know, playoff race with the, with the giants who also keep winning. It's uh, it's insane how good these two teams are coming down to the wire and the Dodgers are the Dodgers are winning all the time and they can't seem to really make up ground on the giants. I just wanted to see, as we discussed before, wanted to see the D backs play a little bit of a spoiler, you know, just, just do what they can here at the end of the season to make these last, you know, two dozen games mean something to them. Uh, 
before before the season wraps up. You mentioned I want to go back just real quick to the Cattell Marte conversation between center field and second base. Uh, one stat that our listeners might be interested in: no team has been worse defensively this season than the Diamondbacks in center field. Uh, they have a minus twenty six defensive runs saved. Going back to that stat that I mentioned with Nick Ahmed yesterday, they wow. have been far and away the worst defensive team in center field. Obviously, that's not all Cattell Marte. Uh, there's quite a bit of Paven Smith and Dalton Varsho in there, which obviously, like you mentioned, those guys are not, you know, they have not been center fielders historically. And so you sort of get what you'd expect there. Uh, sure. But Cattell Marte, even individually, did not fare well in those metrics either. So uh, I think in the past, maybe he's looked a little bit better out there. But right now, there isn't really much of any reason to put Cattell Marte in center field because unfortunately, he doesn't really look that great there defensively anyway. Right. Well, and a lot of that, too, is due to the time he missed the the carousel of replacements that they brought up to fill in in that role. Right. You know, right. it's it, it really goes back to uh, the discussion on what the D-backs did during the offseason, that eight and a half million dollars that they spent primarily on well, primarily solely on on bullpen arms and doing nothing to. Uh, add anything to the rest of this team, including a team that didn't even have a center fielder, you know, that their decision was to put one of their all-star players in center field and have them change positions. It, it, it seemed like a recipe for disaster from, from the start. You add in all the injuries and everything that happened. And it was, it was, you know, the perfect storm. It was the yeah. perfect scenario of this team, not preparing for the possibility of, anyone getting injured really when you looked at some of their backups in their depth chart as this uh, when the season started and and their lack of planning for something like this to happen a terrible terrible you know season of you you could say it's bad luck but it's it's literally starting to feel like a curse you know it's starting <laughs> to feel like they wronged the baseball gods in some way and now they're paying those repercussions I think what's interesting about last night is um, in addition to the fact that Cattell didn't play center, but who did play center last night was Jake McCarthy, uh, who I know is a guy that the Diamondbacks are kind of wondering about, like, is this a guy who can man, you know, center field well? Um, and like you mentioned, Derek, this team, I don't know if they're going to make this mistake twice going into this offseason. They need a center fielder. I mean, without Tim LaCastro here after they dealt him. Tim LaCastro was probably the most stable defensive center fielder they had outside of Cattell Marte. So at this point, I think it's, it is absolutely crucial that the Diamondbacks go and find someone this off season. But for the moment, Jake McCarthy is, you know, he's getting an audition. He has a, you know, we obviously have seen his speed on the base paths and maybe that pays off into him being able to play some center field too. Yeah. I, I, I just, I have no faith in this team to uh, attempt to compete. So I wouldn't be surprised if their answer is to call up, you know, another young player uh, and, and have them in center field, you know, someone like Stuart Fairchild or, sure. you know, I mean, even with some of the ways the guys are playing in Reno, I wouldn't be surprised to see Alec Thomas too, too soon, you know? 
Yeah, they don't. They're kind of running out of of guys to man different positions. I'm sure we'll we'll probably do. We could probably do a whole show on this down the road. But positionally speaking, Derek, the Diamondbacks are in trouble. They do not have very many guys <laughs> left over who are like, yeah, yeah, like this guy is a solid, you know, second baseman or for like pretty much Nick Ahmed at shortstop and Carson Kelly at catcher. Those are pretty much the only guys that you can confidently pencil in and say, you know, you're going to get good solid defense from them. They've got a whole lot to figure out defensively here in the in the coming years. I, I can't lie to you, Jesse. I want to lie to you, but I may or may not have bet against the Diamondbacks last night to lose to the Dodgers. Wow. I there's no confirmation. I mean, you don't need to look at me like that. It's I feel you I feel you're judging me a lot here. But oh, I am Absolutely. Uh, again. It's it's <laughs> it's uh, as I tweeted out from our account. Look, just because the team loses doesn't mean you have to lose you can jump on the DraftKings sports app and you can bet on whoever you want to and you don't have to tell anybody you don't have to come on a podcast about like a baseball team and then tell everybody watching and listening that uh that you bet against them you can keep that 100 private but you can bet on whoever you want take whatever uh gamble you want to there are a lot of scenarios out there and it's a it again it, it makes watching sports even more fun just to have a little bit of money on it. So check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And, you know, to add to the excitement this weekend, uh, the DraftKings is giving all customers an exclusive no-brainer offer that you don't want to miss. We had our one last week. This week, they're giving all customers who sign up now a chance to double their money if Arizona or Minnesota scores one lousy point during this Sunday's football game. That's one point. It's not it's not baseball. I know I know we have a lot of baseball fans listening and I know you guys all know how football works. So field goal, that's three points. Touchdown, uh six. Last time I checked with the extra point, it's seven. So uh one point is very easily scored in this game, and it's not saying each team has to score a point, just one point. So Remember, jump on there, take advantage of this opportunity. DraftKings is a safe, reliable, and secure app, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can download it now and also use our promo code PHNX to receive that $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PHNX to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over only, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only for free bet promotion. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Max $50 wager for the no-brainer offer. One per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And yes, Jesse, I did take the no-brainer offer. I know you were curious about that, and I took it the minute I saw it. One point. Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, but another thing I'd like to remind everybody to do is, uh, since we're talking about signing up for things, uh, go over and sign up for PHNX. We have some great articles that we're posting on the D-backs. Uh, I'm going to discuss this curse in greater detail, and Jesse is going to talk about Tori Lavolo's future a little bit more coming up this week. But, you know, what we're trying to do, as we've talked about in the past, is make it fun to be a sports fan in the Valley. And, you know, you can do that with us by becoming a member at gophnx.com. Not only do you get access to all of that written content, but you get exclusive members-only deals on our merchandise every week. And if you haven't seen it yet, go check out the shop. It's at phnxlocker.com. 
You'll also get access to our members-only Discord where you can get away from Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else and just talk sports uh, with your fellow PHNX members. And us, we're in there too. So if you love what we're doing over here and want to help support us on this journey, uh, just become a member of our family, you know, and and check out your membership options. You can get the annual membership that comes with that free t-shirt, or you can choose a month-to-month option where you will get your first month for just 50 cents, depending on which of those options you choose. Those are your rewards. And, you know, hey, if you're if you're curious and want to just check us out, uh, check out that month-to-month option and get your first month for 50 cents. That way you can see the ridiculous idea I'm going to float out there about this curse because I'm telling you <laughs> it exists. But uh, yesterday we talked about Ahmed Peralta and Walker's future. I want to hit on Christian Walker here specifically uh, because this is a guy coming into this year, Derek, that I actually felt pretty good about. I mean, you you talk about last season and one of the very few things that went right for this baseball team. And Christian Walker was right at the top of the list. You look at his numbers last year and his numbers the year prior to that. They're pretty much on par with each other. Even obviously last year was a super small sample size. Uh, but I mean, with Christian Walker, at least as of right now, you're talking about a guy who makes like one fiftieth of what Paul Goldschmidt makes. So even if the numbers are just, you know, somewhat close, somewhat comparable between the two, you feel like you're getting a great deal, you know, by having Christian Walker. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We were, we were looking at each other there for a while, especially early on um, after, after Goldschmidt left. And pretty excited about how comparable those numbers were considering the discount. Mike Hazen looked like a genius, right? He I really mean, did. Like, yeah, it, he it did. Like, for, yeah, for a minute, is, because, you know, Goldschmidt was getting used to his new environment. And, you know, Christian Walker was probably hungry and excited for the opportunity. So those two things probably met pretty close there in the middle. But like you said, yeah, 2020 was uh, looking like a pretty good year for him. And this season has just uh, fallen off considerably. I did some numbers digging to try to figure out, you know, like what's going on with this guy. I mean, he doesn't necessarily look like he's adjusted his batting stance or anything like things look pretty similar with Christian Walker. Uh, But doing some some numbers digging, Christian Walker is not really hitting breaking pitches anymore. Uh, Last year, he was actually really, really good uh, at hitting breaking pitches. Um, And his his performance against fastballs, oddly enough, is pretty much the same this year as it was last year. But for whatever reason, Derek, I don't really have an explanation for you yet, but Christian Walker is not really hitting breaking stuff. And and the last thing I'll say on him is that he's about to enter his first year of arbitration, uh, which means his salary is going to tick up here. He has some big homer seasons in his past, uh, specifically 2019, where I think he hit about 29 home runs. Uh, And because of that, I don't think he's going to get a huge number in arbitration, but it might be more than the Diamondbacks would be willing to pay, you know, for a guy who can only play first base and has posted like a 650 OPS this year. So that's definitely something to watch with him. Yeah, I, I can't disagree there. And I think at times I've been more excited to see other people getting the opportunity to play first base than Christian Walker. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I've been more excited to see Paven Smith. Obviously, for five minutes on Tuesday, I was excited to see Seth Beer play first base. I I just think that that really comes down to wanting to see if the next star is waiting in the wings, right? If somebody's going to come up and and grab that brass ring that Tori Lavolo has been talking about these young guys, you know, wanting to see them grab. He wants to see them come out and take this opportunity and run with it. 
Uh, and I've, I've kind of been waiting for the same thing, you know? So I'm not, I, I don't know how I feel about it just yet, but I do know, especially looking at the numbers for these three players, you know, looking at the numbers for Nick Ahmed, David Peralta and Christian Walker, uh, you know, you, you're talking about batting averages between 222 and 263, uh, 20 home runs between the three of them. Ugh. Uh, and about 126 RBI between the three of them. So the three of them collectively make up a really great player. <laughs> you know, but not not as individual players, unfortunately. I think that there comes an attachment to guys, and and then you want to see them kind of come back. You want to see them uh, overcome, and you want to see their best years be here with Arizona. Obviously, with the D-backs, as we're going to discuss on tomorrow's show, it's heartbreaking to see our players leave here and not just not just have success elsewhere, but become the best pitcher in the entire American League, arguably right now, a Cy Young <laughs> candidate in Robbie Ray. I think that that is where we have this patience. Uh, we like guys, and if we like their personalities and they've been around for a while, we want to see them do well. It just comes a time where you got to start looking at their performance and realize that this is all that they are probably going to be. You know, Nick Ahmed is a great defender, but his probably best batting average is going to be 250 if you even get that out of him going forward. You know, there's times where you got to start looking at the future of this team and really start thinking about not just calling guys up and plugging them in here or there like they do, but really moving forward. So, uh, and again, I say this callously because when I am around these players, especially when we used to be in the clubhouse with them, it was much harder for me to speak like this. And I mean that honestly, it, it comes to, you know, you, you come to not be able to think of them as just moving pieces and actual human beings. Right. right. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm, 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 you know, I'm still, I'm still there at heart, but, and I think that's how fans feel too. You know, fans sure. love someone like Ahmed, Fans love David Peralta. After a while, though, you have to start thinking about, you know, wanting this team to get better and win and go after World Series. And and that's where we want to see them get back to again. The um, great thing about Ahmed and Peralta, just real quick, is that you don't have to get rid of these guys, right? I think all I'm asking for, Derek, is you don't pencil in Nick Ahmed as your, you know, 162-game every single day level shortstop, right? Sure, you platoon sure. him, you play him only against lefties. Maybe Peralta, you try to only really play him against righties, right? Like these don't have to be truly everyday, everyday guys. And you're, like you're you right. said, their personalities are great, right? Like this team doesn't have that many faces that people recognize anymore. And if you keep those guys around, you can still, you can still have that at least for another year. The thing about it too, is they don't have depth. So it's right. not like they really need to be getting rid of guys. Exactly. <laughs> they really just need to be bolstering their lineup with talented players that are going right. to get an opportunity to play and not just be seen as the replacements that come in when they're 50 games below 500 or, you know, below 500, 50 games out of the first place. What, what are they're, they're both of those things, you know? So these are, these are the opportunities that I want to see. I, I think that uh, the, 
the Diamondbacks still have a really good farm system and they have a lot of young players that are really close. I just, and, and I don't think they're going to do this. I just don't want them to get desperate and call on those guys too early, you know, right. just because they need to fill those roster spots. There comes a time where this team needs to start doing things to grow its fan base and to get people back in the stadium and, and to do more. And that's going to involve picking up players of free agency. And they're not, they, they can't be 15 year veterans that they're signing to one year deals. They got to start making moves to actually improve this team and not just waiting on the young guys to get called up. You never know what a minor leaguer is going to do at a major league level. So there's no right. guarantee that those guys are going to be superstars when they hit the, the majors. Right. Uh, one thing that irked me last night was how much more tweeting I was doing than the Arizona Diamondbacks Twitter account. I don't mm-hmm. want to really throw them under the bus, but they sent out three tweets from their account last night. The, the, the tweet that the game was starting, an update on Seth Beer, and the final score. The that whole game. Not, the whole game. The whole tweets. game against the Dodgers, right? A game yeah. that a lot of Diamondbacks fans still have interest in because it's the Dodgers and it's a division rival. They still want to always see us beat LA. I don't understand how, I guess I do. Like I can only imagine being the social media person for Twitter uh, or, or for any social media this season for the D backs. I, it's probably a nightmare, you know, with the, with the comments yeah. and the negativity and everything all the time. I can only, uh, I, I get that. There just comes a time where you still need to do your job and your job is to promote watching this team still, even though they're 50 games below 500, even though, in, in 16 games, they're not going to be playing anymore. You still need to get people excited about this. And a big part of it is doing it on Twitter. I, I just can't really understand, you know, folding and calling it a day uh, during a game like this. Uh, did they, did they tweet Cattell Marte's Homer? They did not. Uh, what they did was they retweeted Bally sports video of it. So okay. they did send it out, but not from their account. You know, they just retweeted Bally sports. So, I, I mean, it's it's just my opinion. I just think that I like to see social interaction, regardless of you know how good or bad this team is doing. So I I think that there's a lot of things that they're doing wrong right now to continue to grow their fan base. I know it's impossible to grow your fan base during a season like this, but I don't think that they're doing anything to retain their fan base. You know, but. Anyway, what we want to do, though, is we want to retain our fan base and we want to grow it. Uh, We love the support that we've received and we are so happy to be a part of this thing at PHNX. So if you're catching us on YouTube right now, we want to remind you that you can never miss out on any of the shows, uh, our show specifically, the PHNX D-Backs podcast, because you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you're hearing us on one of those apps, we want to remind you to go over to YouTube and subscribe to us there. Uh, We have our PHNX sports channel and, you know, we're just trying to create an environment where we can all watch sports and have a good time together. Even if the team is losing, that's what tank season is all about. I'm in a tank right now, not in, not in a, not a military vehicle. I'm in a tank top, but I am that excited <laughs> about tank season. Thanks for clarifying that. Derek. I just needed I, to I, let everybody know. They were like, what is that mechanical <laughs> sound? Oh, he's been in a tank this whole time. I get it. <laughs> um, but finally, you can follow along on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by following us at PHNX underscore sports. And again, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Uh, Jesse, before we leave, 
I just wanted to pose one question to you. Are you buying or selling Luke Weaver as a starting pitcher? It's pretty hard to buy right now, Derek. Uh, it is absolutely <laughs> hard to buy. Why does he show moments of brilliance? And then like that, that's relief pitcher stuff, right? Where you can come in and just look outstanding. And then in the third or fourth inning, have everything fall apart. It's not like it was a perfect game, but he looked really good through those first two innings. What I noticed is that he really doesn't walk guys. Like he doesn't get in trouble in the way that some of the D-backs, other starters do where, you know, suddenly he just can't throw strikes anymore. He's just really hittable sometimes, right? Like uh, his, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive more into this later on, but his changeup does not have near the depth that it once had. It is not nearly as effective of a pitch as it is now, or as it was back, you know, a couple years ago when he was really starting to look like a big part of the future of this team. And without the changeup, I mean, that was sort of his big weapon. So right now it kind of feels like Luke Weaver is just throwing fastballs and more fastballs and more fastballs and, you know, trying to get it by guys. And it makes sense that, you know, by the fourth or fifth inning, guys are going to start to figure that out. It seems to be the case entirely too much where we are talking about guys going away from their off-speed pitches on this team and relying entirely too much on the fastball. Yeah, totally. Hmm. All right. Well, that's something else we're going to have to dive into for sure. But again, thank you guys so much for joining us here on the PHNX D-backs podcast. You can get us on Twitter. Of course, the main account is at PHNX underscore sports. Uh, That is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can follow me and Jesse. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. And Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. So, again, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you being a part of our baseball family here on PHNX. Uh, And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it really is way more fun when you bet on it.